This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi everyone, this is Steven John from Malaysia. It's a derby day game and given under any circumstances as fans, it's always going to be a win that we're aiming for. But not the result that we all hoped for. But I guess we all knew that the task was difficult. This is a Leeds United side that looks well on its way to the Premier League and a tough nut to crack at home. Conceding an early goal in the game made it even more tough for us to come back in this game. No doubt it was great, but our it's a, it was a great goal, but our defense leaves us with a lot of questions. The second goal to me was, I don't know, I kind of felt it was a bit unlucky for us. Jonas, I mean, he did his best to keep it out, but nevertheless, I feel our defense should have been ready, you know, to clear the ball out as soon as possible. I'm, I'm also beginning to question on whether we should start Mooney up front instead of Campbell. I always felt Mooney's level is a lot lethal for championship football. But anyway, let's put this game behind us because we got Wigan coming up next. With just a point separating us and them and not to mention three points from the relegation zone, I'm only saying that three points is a must in that game. Cheers everyone. Graham Rayner here, part-time comedian, full-time Sam fan. Now, I've got to confess, I didn't go to the game on Saturday. I'm not paying 39 quid to spend any time in Beeston. Um, and uh, I definitely didn't watch it illegally online. But I do have some observations. Um, first of all, I take exception to Danny Cowley calling Bielsa a genius. He's, he's not a genius. Leeds did win, but he's not a genius. No genius has ever turned down a luxury, comforting, uh, leather-sculpted armchair-type seat and said, 
Nah, I think I'll sit on an upturned bucket, thanks very much. Um, he reminds me of your, your mad old uncle who uh, shouts at pigeons and any time anyone walks past the house, leaps up and starts gesturing madly at them because they're walking past his 1983 Ford Cortina that doesn't even have a steering wheel at the moment because he's doing it up because he thinks they're going to steal it. Um, <clears throat> Leeds' first goal was a cracking goal. Um, I can't take obsession to that. But uh, Ailing's celebration was ridiculous. The only thing less convincing than his knee-slide attempt at an air guitar solo was Ika Kassir saying that he's never heard the N-word when he's a 33-year-old man. But we were so poor that even Bamford scored. Yeah, Leeds answered to Alan Desmond Lee even managed to get a goal. Um, all in all, it was a bad day at the office for us. We were really poor. Hello, David Hartrick here. I was at the game on Saturday covering it for the examiner. Hopefully you read my five conclusions on it. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is that it, it's worth noting that Leeds United were really good and they're a really good side. I'm slightly tempering that. I actually think there were two 15-minute spells in that game where they were outstanding. But it served as a stark reminder of where the two clubs are at the moment. Leeds United are two years into a heavy investment project in a very storied manager. Huddersfield Town are less than six months into Danny Cowley's reign. Um, he came in with a half a squad who didn't want to be there. Uh, morale through the floor. He's got the sort of ship steadied. He's kicked out those who didn't want to be there. He's got to the transfer window. You're out the relegation zone. You're on an upward trajectory, but you're just not where Leeds are at the moment and it's going to take time and transfer windows to get there, to be frank. It's worth saying that Leeds United had a proper plan um, and gave you a lot of respect on Saturday, which I don't think they would have done earlier in the season. You know, they, they looked time and time again to isolate Jack Harrison against Danny Simpson, who will be seeing Harrison in his nightmares for some time to come. Carl and Grant couldn't step inside because Ben White's mandate was just to step across and double up on him every single time. And it was, it was a tough afternoon event, a very good side, but you've just got to keep the faith and just got to win the, the game that matters really next weekend. Please hang up. Jackson's there, Billy in. The goal for Billy Huddersfield Town. Back at the Rob Edwards. What a goal for Rob Edwards. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield got the chance with Clark to knock it through. This could be a chance to equalise. And they have equalised. And you know who scored it, don't you? It's Jordan Rhodes. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance. Pate scores. Jack Pate scores. But Leeds have it straight to Moy again who shoots. What a goal, Aaron Moy. An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia. Oh, where's he going to drop? Nicholas in there. Kachunga leaves it. Smith scores for us. Field Town. 3 2 Town. 4 3 Town at Shands. Forrest Jerry. Danny Ward saves. Danny Ward saves. Town play down the left and Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. De Quattro's in. Brandeheer. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. <laughs> 
Get to turn it into the pass. Yes! And Tommins scores! Tommins has scored! One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. De Plaxer's forward. De Plaxer's got the better. Yes! And Laurent De Plaxer scores! Laurent De Plaxer scores! Okay, so this episode again is sponsored by the brilliant Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, we'll be announcing some new events coming up soon at Magic Rock, so uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, Magic Rock, for me personally, the perfect pre-match venue uh, covering you for beers and there's some superb food as well that you can get there pre-match. And it's just a little jaunt away from the stadium as well. So if you've not been to the tap rooms in either Home Firth or Birkby, check them out. Right, welcome to episode 61 of the Annie Takes That Chance podcast. And uh, yeah, no silly introductions this week or what have you. And that. So I just want to get down to business. Leeds United 2 Huddersfield Town nil, and I, I found it very difficult to move on from this, which is a strange one because Leeds were second, and Huddersfield. Where were we? Correct me where I want, guys. But were we 16th before the game? Huddersfield Town were eight to one to win the game, so there were not. Everybody knew what was going to happen, but I am still absolutely raging about Saturday for so many different reasons. I'll bring everyone in who's on this show tonight. We've got Matt, we've got Simon, and we've got Brady. Good evening, guys. Evening, gents. Evening, Cosy. All right, guys. So, last, I, I don't know where this is. This has really wounded me, and I, I I've really struggled to uh, to stop the rage, really. And and why? Leeds were a form team. We hadn't won away against anyone decent, I would say. So what's the big shock to beat us 2-0? Move on. But no, honestly, on Saturday, I was absolutely raging. And I think I'm going to put a bit of context to it and that as well. And last week, I mentioned, obviously, that I've you know, got a new job on Saturday. So I've not been to any games for some for some time uh, since Fulham away. And so I actually booked annual leave for this. I paid £39, like pretty much everyone and that as well. And obviously, maybe working in Leeds again, and, and we know the derby element and that as well. I, as well, I think what's got to be brought into play, I was, as near as you get to Leeds fans, I think my seat was H1, right on the corner. There were only police next to me, and then there were loads of Leeds fans. So, <clears throat> look, I never thought we'd probably win the game. But what I did want to see was other still town give everything, you know, for there. Maybe they did but it didn't feel like it. And we've been there. I, I, I would like in this defeat, the worst I've ever thought that has been at Ellen Road for the Huddersfield Town fan was the infamous Brenner statue when Dennis Weiser's boys absolutely roasted at Smithy's debut. I felt we were absolutely pathetic there and I was pretty much ashamed to be Huddersfield Town. But again, maybe it's an overreaction for me, but I was, honestly, guys, I'll let you come in in a minute. It's not the Richard Cosmala show, but we had absolutely nothing to offer. We started like it would. We were just happy to be there. The bit, you know, at Ellen Road, they were top of the league. We needed a good start. I was quite happy with the team that were put out. I said to 
you know, on the shows that we did last week, I was really hoping that he'd keep the same team that he did last week. But then for me, you know, we started so poor. And honestly, I thought the first half we, well, I look at the possession, I think we had like 30 odd percent possession, which I was quite surprised. And I've not had one beer before. So there's no uh, alcohol element to that. But I thought we had a bit more of the ball than them stats show. But I felt we had, while we take absolutely naff all, you know, we, we we tried a little bit as well. But to be honest, half time came at a good time for us because I felt they were going to score again. But this, and I'm speaking in a concourse downstairs. I just thought, get Mooney on for Campbell early doors, and we could, you know, really give it a go. Second half, I thought in the second half we were absolutely spineless. We were absolutely pathetic. We should have lost by five or six goals. And if we want to be honest, Lossell, we would have done. We gave nothing there. We had two and a half thousand fans that are doing a new one. Okay, like paid all that money. I would get honestly, it was so. I know they're cocky. I just wanted to throw something back, just anything. Hit their toes, have a shot, do something. Honestly, we were so pathetic. And you might think I'm overreaction, but I walked out of there absolutely seething. I'd given up like everything for that. I don't know what you think, guys, but we'll talk about Danny Cowley's comments post and pre match. Because I felt that contributed to my anger a little bit, and that as well. We'll have a discussion as well about other social town social media, which incurred the wrath of me today, and quite a few other people have uh, been in touch with me and that as well. But finally, I think you come in, guys. But honestly, I, am I overreacting, Si? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, a little bit, possibly. Um, I, I understand, kind of, and share a lot of your frustrations that you mentioned. Um, but uh, in the in the in the bigger picture, um, this Saturday coming is is a bigger game for us as to where we where we stand right now. But I think that kind of the element of the local derby got got lost a bit on the team. I just lost don't a little say bit on, on on Danny Cowley. Don't say that though, mate. I, I, that Richard, I, you know, it's a bigger game on Saturday. We're playing we're playing Leeds United. You know, we're playing Leeds United. They're beating us at home. The local rival, you know, Saturday is a big game. I know what you're meaning, mate. I'm not having a go with a league table. I do get that. And I know Wigan obviously a rival there, but it's really absolutely, I'm absolutely seething with that because Danny Callis said exactly the same. You know, it's not going to define our season. Honestly, that, that's the attitude that we've got now. We used to go there with David Wagner on the front foot. That's what, the, the, for me, that's just the kind of the attitude Danny Callis have. I'm sorry, Ty, but no. That has just wound me up so much more. It's rubbish, man. It's, it's just, no, this is a massive game. Probably we were going to lose, but no. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go in then. Cosy, uh, I didn't go to the game. Um, I would be fuming if I spent 40-odd quid on that. But Leeds are a good side. Like We, did, we didn't play well. They've won 21 games this season. Um I'm very conscious that if I say anything too emotional, it'll get clipped by some Leeds podcast and uh, show now I'm lost my head. But I think the thing is, like, I, I interviewed Oscar from all, all Leeds TV for the match, and he said the last thing you want to do is give him an early goal. And, you know, look what happened. And I think just from then, that just plays into Leeds' hands so much. And then I don't, you know, we did, the thing is, yes, we were, like you say, we could have lost 4 or 5 nil, but we didn't. There's many teams that have gone there that have lost four or five nil. It's really disappointing because obviously it's the derby and you want to do well. 
But, you know, I hate to say it, Leeds are going to be in the Premier League next season. We're in a season where we had seven games played, you know, Jan Siever, we only had one point and it's just been trying to save it since. Um, I think next season's going to be a good season. But, you know, it's hard to take. But I think, you know, if we go to Wigan on Saturday and we win, you know, if Wigan comes to us and we win, I think it'll kind of all be forgotten about. Eventually it'll die down. It's frustrating because I, I work in Leeds, I live in Leeds, and I've a lot of I work with a lot of Leeds fans, and they've been teasing me. But you know, they're a good they're a good team. We we had our time in the Premier League; they're going to have theirs, and it's it's hard to take. But they're a good side; they play good football. You know, that's that's where I'm at with it. Matt, what do you think? I've had text from Leeds fans saying, "I mean, you never know, do you? If they're abandoning you off, it's the easiest game they had, but." I've had some people, you know, kind of come on to me and said, honestly, it was the easiest game they had all season. I was telling anyone who wanted to listen, we'd give them a game, and uh, you know, and we didn't. And I just felt, we just lied down and had this tummy tickled, mate, and it hurt. I've seen some Leeds fans say we're one of the better teams to go to Elland Road because at least we had a go at them. So swings and roundabouts, I think people are probably trying to wind you up a bit. But no, I didn't enjoy it either. Uh, I said, uh, the thing is, I was preconditioned, if you like. So if you remember on this podcast last week, I said, we only play well for 20, 30 minutes. And that's exactly what we did. We played well for 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe in the first half. And and that's that's as good as it got, really. Um, I think the, the first goal was a great volley, but the, the build-up to it's frustrating. You know, Danny Simpson stood there and let Jack Harrison cross Elland Road, punch his ticket through, you know, through the turnstile, walk across, buy a pie, get himself a drink, walk, walk down at left flank and float a ball across completely unopposed. And I think when you go somewhere like that, you've got to either defend in numbers or you've got to engage them properly. And, and we just didn't and we didn't engage them properly. And I've been saying all season since Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley came in, our Achilles heel is the first 10 minutes of the half. And Leeds United knew exactly what our weaknesses were, knew exactly what our strengths were. And they came out as like a hurricane at the first 10, 15 minutes of each half and blew us away. And they knew exactly what we were going to do, how we were going to do it. And uh, we got caught in the cross, you know, in the, in the headlights. And they were a better side than us on the day. Uh, we massively underperformed in the second half. I think the thing was, Matt, I mean, <laughs> I expected to, you know, probably lose the, the, to get a part. But I thought we'd give them a game. And we just didn't do anything. I mean, you mentioned Danny Simpson there. I mean, he's defending. <laughs> Since he's injury, mate, he's just not been the same place. He's defending. I mean, he's going forward with the ball, he, he seems to have improved. It's defending and shocking. I mean, I, I could just see it visually in my head. I was shouting at him, come on, block his cross, block his cross. You know, put, put tackling. There were nothing. And obviously, Grant him covering himself in glory. And a tremendous finish if you want to look at it from the Leeds point of view. But, like Jack Harrison, I mean, this is a professional. He's, 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 he's a massively a, improved player on last year, is Jack Harrison. He's, he's one of the better left wingers in this league. But, You've got to acknowledge that, and you've got to, like I say, engage him. And, and I think I think Danny Simpson's done quite well lately, but he didn't do that great on Saturday. But th- this is where we're at, aren't we? And we were saying last week we play well one game, we play poorly the next. And I think the other point to kind of maybe uh, think about as well is that that Leeds team is not just a Bielsa team. It's been put together over the course of three or four years. They've got Berardi, Ailing, Cooper. Uh, who else have they got? Hernandez, etc. They've all been there sort of three or four years and they've come through different coaches and managers and been able to adapt to different situations. And we've probably been together six months uh, and the inconsistency hurts. It, it, you know, the Swansea game hurt as well, how poor we were against Swansea. But the Bristol City game and the 
and the following game against Charlton were good. So it, it, I'm just hoping that we've we've played poorly and the next game we play well and pick up a win and get through to the end of the season and hopefully start putting some consistency together for next year. But the, the inconsistency hurts at the minute. Sorry, Danny Simpson, talk to me about him because I, I don't know if I can buy that. He's a, he's a Premier League winner, he's experienced, 33 years old, he's played at the top level. He's got to be switched on there. He's got to be switched on. If it's a young fullback, you know, like we have a, a young team out in the, the first game, I can kind of buy it, but he's got to be doing better than that, mate, hasn't he? And as soon as the ball coming out, the great view of it, I thought it's in. As soon as it hit Ailing's foot, bang, 1-0, you know, they're a lot over the fence, giving it large and that as well. And, and that is just a, an absolute killer, really. And what, where do you see Danny Simpson? Because we're just going backwards, especially yeah, when he's defending. I completely agree, Cosy. I think kind of, in, in these type of games, your derby games, you want your big players, your players with experience to stand up and be counted. Um, without Hogg particularly, you look at Danny Simpson as one of those on that pitch and, and it kind of set the tone really early doors, didn't it? We kind of, as Matt mentions, just stood off and kind of almost let Leeds execute a training ground manoeuvre really without any pressure on the ball. It's, just, it's a funny one, Simpson, we've talked about him before, kind of, he came in um, obviously on, on the kind of out of, on a free transfer essentially kind of at the start of the season and quite quickly we were singing his plaudits saying it's exactly what we need um, obviously I'm in trouble by injuries at kind of various times throughout the season which I don't think has helped uh, and he, naturally your mind starts to kind of cast the next season now and I think when we've been able to see what Harry Toffler has been able to do on the left hand side albeit not so much on Saturday just gone you're looking for someone on the right flank to do, to do similar and Simpson can't do that he can't get up and down um, and if his defending is not where it needs to be, then to me we look to we look to kind of strengthen that position in the summer review to next season. I know we spoke about it before, perhaps off, off the podcast, but three right backs at the club currently: Simpson, Hadish, and I, um, De Haney. I would include Bockhorn in that as well. Um, I'm not sure any of them are at the club at the start of next season. I think we kind of probably need to strengthen that position with with one or two new recruits. Really, I saw a few tweets uh, defending Simpson and having a got Topolo saying, you know, the golden boy and his defending as bad as Simpson. I mean, maybe I'd see things differently, but I'm not seeing that from how we started. Or have you seen some games where, yeah, you know, I, it really infuriates me people not locking crosses. I know, Matt, you've mentioned it before, but it's, you know, cool. <laughs> go on, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't think many players had a good game on Saturday, but I think Topolo's you know, since he's come in, he's, he's done a good job. Um, Simpson, we we talked about it on the pod last week, you know, would that be an area, would you keep him or would you, you know, would you get rid? And like you said, he's probably on a fair whack. Um, he could lower his wage demands, but it's, it's, since he's had that injury, that hip injury, he's just not been as impressive as he was to begin with. Like you say, he might be a bit better for going forward on some occasions, but... You know, how old is he, 33, 34? Um, you know, I think against a half-decent winger, and to be fair, Jack Harrison's been quite good this season. He's, he's going to get exposed. Yeah. He's been excellent. So, to be fair, Jack Harrison's been, been quality this year from the little bits I've seen. And I think you've got, I think Danny Simpson maybe epitomises some of some of where we're at because at times Danny Simpson can be excellent. He's been great, hasn't he, this season? You, you, it's rough and smooth and inconsistency again. When when Danny Simpson plays well, the back four looks great. When Danny Simpson doesn't, we struggle. And I don't, I don't agree with the Toffolo analysis either. I thought Toffolo was our best out ball, I would say, first half. I thought Campbell was... I've not been Fraser Campbell's biggest fan yeah. in the last few months. Uh, 
but I thought Katofalo was maybe our best out, out ball. Do you know, his overlapping was good. It was key. It got us out uh, really well. Second half, he struggled, but he was being doubled up on and he didn't have much help. But the, but the one thing I won't knock him for, Matt, and I don't know if you noticed it, there were one or two, he were all handbags and stuff, but he was, he was raging. We pushed a couple of Leeds guys back. He wanted the ball. You know, down wheels when it's we not, had it, kind of yeah, a throwing stuff. He looked like he wanted him. He, he was showing what I wanted to see from 11 players and, sorry, nine, because Lossell played well. You know, and O'Brien, you know, tried his best. But for me, that that was someone there that he was wanting. It. He were, he knew what it meant. He knew what it meant to him. Did, did the derby game and that and that as well. And I just didn't see that enough. Bro. It, they were always going to target him. I mean, let's be honest. He's he's probably our most biggest outlet. You know, since the, for the last you know two months. So I wasn't surprised that you know they shut him down really quickly on suffocating them as as Carly would say but Matt I don't want to kind of go around executing players although it does feel like it but Fraser Campbell mate I want to hear the views on him 16 games without a goal I know he works his socks off he's got two goals all season but to me what is he contributing for the town at, at the moment mate because yeah he might be great in the dressing room but for Mooney for me is a much better bet and he seems a good guy Mooney just getting on getting on with things you know tweeting all the right things etc but I'd be stewing if I were Monier, just not getting in. Fraser Gamble's just, I mean, to me, he's another one that, would you want to keep him on here longer than this season? What's your views, mate? Uh, to be honest, since that injury, I, I, I think I lost my rag a little bit with Fraser Campbell away at Barnsley. I thought he had a he had a poor game away at Barnsley. And it, it, that game was where he just looked like he was just there to foul the opposition. And there's been a lot of, a lot of games where he's, it, I think that, it's difficult. I think his role is one of, of like a, a pressing forward, if you like. So the, his, I suppose you could liken him in a way to Patrick Bamford at Leeds and why Bamford gets picked a lot is because Fraser Campbell's there to uh, set the tempo of the press. But the problem is when Fraser Campbell's pressing, Willock's not really doing it at that side. Smith Rowe's not doing it. Uh, the other side, Callan Grant. Callan Grant had a stinker on, on Saturday. It, you know, he might as well not have played. Um, but the problem is when you're playing a forward like, Campbell, the, the rest of them have got to press as well. And Campbell's working hard up front. And I think sometimes the others make him look poorer than what he is because he's running around, he's fouling, which is frustrating, I think, for everyone. And he, he's setting the, the, the tempo up front and the others behind just aren't following for me. And off the ball, he's doing a, he's doing a, a hard-working job, but on the ball, his quality has definitely dipped since that injury got sort of November November time. Uh, he's to me, he doesn't quite look as sharp with the ball at his feet as what he did maybe uh, earlier on in the season. But off the ball, he's, he's working, you know, he's, he's he's working his guts out, to be fair. He's, he's just, I, I just don't think he's quite getting the backup of some of the others at the time. Or if he is, then I don't really understand the tactic of, of just flogging him up front until Steve Munier comes on. The problem is, though, Matt, is uh, he's not going to get any better at his age, mate. Is he? And same with Danny Simpson, let's be honest, the best days are gone. And, there's massive decisions to be made in the summer. For me, these guys will be on big cash because we were desperate. He's got another Danny year. Simpson. I think he's got two years, Campbell, so I yeah. think he'll be here next year. Has he got two yeah, years, yeah. But, yeah, he were just their arms at length. I mean, he's always been a striker for me with pace. Pace is key. And once you start kind of losing, I don't want to just kind of write the guy off, but I don't think he's been the same since that injury, since he's come back same with Simpson. And uh, they need to find the more just fast. For me, Saturday, Wigan, Mooney has got a start and uh, I thought Chris Willett did okay that first half. I mean, I know he were hooked uh, early on in the second, but uh, Si, I don't know what you felt, but I thought he didn't do too bad and but really, scraps that he would, you know, have the ball on and, and things. What did you think? 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. I, I was surprised to see him starting through. I think I was thinking that um, Kachunga would get the nod. Um, I kind of thought that Danny Cowley would probably set up a bit more defensively and, and kind of try and help Simpson out at, at fullback. Hindsight's one wonderful thing. Perhaps he should have done. Um, so I was surprised to see Willock start. Um, but yeah, I thought he did, did, did okay without kind of, yeah, kind of setting him into light, really, to be honest. Um Kind of see what comes this week in truth. He did well on the ball, a couple of good runs. It's the um, you can just see he's not. You go to the fittest. To be fair, they're the fittest team in the league, and Chris Willett was chasing a lot of the time. And I think after forty minutes or so, I think he was tanked. I think he tanked, and uh, that I think that's mm. pretty much why I'd have picked Kachunga just for that. And and the point on Emil Smith Rowe as well is he's. Come, uh, I was talking to somebody who uh, sat next to a, a scout from another club. I can't remember who it was. Um, our friend of mine was sat next to a, a scout for another club and he mentioned that Emil Smith-Rose used to playing for a team with sort of 70-75% possession and dropping into pockets and, and not having to do the sort of harder work that he would have done on Saturday so it was no surprise to him that he struggled a bit more and I thought that was a fair point in that this is a, a learning experience as well for Emil Smith-Rose and hopefully he'll take something from that and uh, uh, come back stronger but uh, to me he was better than when uh, Alex Pritchard came on. It's going when your team can't back you up because I never thought we'd win. I probably never thought we'd draw, but I really thought we'd give them a game. And I suppose the thing that, you know, you mentioned Brady is, you know, are they that good? And like Matt, if you said that, you've had some player fans honestly say that, you know, we were one of the teams that at least gave them a, a game. It were, yeah, it was, it was just so disappointing for me and uh, sold us, uh, sold us tickets and everything and that as well. But it's, uh, yeah, for me, the credit in the bank's uh, gone down a little bit. And I know it was just, I think we'll move on to the, the kind of the thing that's erupted a little bit today on social media and uh, other things. But Danny Cowley, Brady, what I just, I've always backed him and he's the man to take us to a town forward. But I just thought he was very naive uh, with some of his post and pre match build up. Now, let's be honest, you know. Marcel Bale said he's a superb manager, a great character, and I'm a big fan of it and that as well. But I don't want to hear this from the other still town manager coming into a game. And certainly his comments after, which I hope, Matt, can you bring up on the, the internet and that as well? Because I'll be raging if I read them out again or someone can get the examiner up. I don't but, think that's a wise idea. Brady, Brady, we don't, we don't want to hear that from another still town manager. Even if he's telling the truth because he's a genuine guy, I don't want to be hearing that. That he's yeah. going to be tactically. Let, go on, I don't want to misquote him, Matt. Get them up on the screen, but you know, I, in fact, I'll get them up, Brady. I'll bring you in and I'll, I'll <laughs> that was quote. Cool. He doesn't trust right, you. Yeah. I, I want. I want him to do it. <laughs> the thing is, um, I think Stephen Chicken's article about it kind of sums it up perfectly. You know, Cowley is very honest in his in this post match and press match more than most managers. I mean, I've been to one of his press conferences and he is he can be a bit too honest. Um, but I think the thing is as well, Leeds do have a large fan base and the questions he were getting asked were more Leeds-focused and because he's an honest guy, he's going to answer them. I think the, the thing that's kind of frustrated about that is him making comments about Bielsa being a genius is, you know, that's going to, they're going to use that because that's, you know, speaking from a journalistic perspective, that's a good quote. You're going to use that and it's going to pique people's interest and people are going to read it. Um, you know, he talked the rest about the game and what we could have done better. But, you know, like I say, Leeds get more coverage than Huddersfield on certain things. So that's why these comments blew up more. But 
again, Bielsa has done a good job and he's a good manager. And I think I think it was David Hartrick. Hartrick, I always get his last name wrong. Um, he was saying as well, like, if you look at it, like Bielsa's been around for, for years. Like he won manager of the year in 2001. You know, he's got so much experience. Danny Cowley's taken on a really difficult situation, um, you know, and this kind of too contrasting. So I think it's, yeah, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear, your, you know, your manager praising the other, your dar- the team you're playing in the derby for putting in a good performance and doing well. But that's the truth, you know, and it can be hard to take. But like I say, we're, we're coming down from the Premier League. We, we've talked for ages about the bad recruitment and all the wrong decisions. But this is where we are, we are at the moment. You know, we had two miracles, getting promoted and then staying up. And it's just kind of the... the not the fall from grace because I think that's a bit extreme, but it's you know it's not going to be at that point anymore, and it's difficult to take. It's, di- it's difficult when Leeds are doing as well as they are as well because you know it just makes it that little bit tougher. I read his comments out. He describes genius. If you're going to be outmanaged, then be outmanaged by a genius. I'm not sure we've ever got to that level of performance that Leeds did today. You look at the energy and the intensity. He must be relentless in his demands of them to play with that physical output. I will be interested to see how the Premier League cuts with them when Leeds go up. Sorry, I might be too harsh here because to me, this just feels like a man who's, who's managing Concord Rangers, uh, Leeds United, it's the FA Cup third round. These are comments for me, lower league mentality comments, mate, that I don't want to hear. He's managing Huddersfield Town. I just think, to me, he's got to remember, we're, never, we're not a bigger club as Leeds, that's a fact, even though people won't want to hear it, but he's took Huddersfield Town there it's a, we're in the same division for now as them. I don't want to be reading them. Them are comments for me that when the team's like had a role in the cup and it's the third round time, they're playing at Anfield. I don't want to hear that, mate. I, I agree. I think I understood perhaps his pre-match comments a little bit more. I think pre-match, he tried to position us as the underdogs. He tried to probably manage expectations a little bit. Yes, we come off the back of two good results, but he probably knew kind of a much difficult challenge lay ahead. So I kind of perhaps understood the pre-match comments, certainly. I think post-match, um, like you say, I want him to talk about us and, and what, what we need to do better and how we get to those levels. Because ultimately, that's where, that should be our ambition. That's what we should aspire to do. And talking about Leeds United in that way is not going to help us achieve that. Now, I think Brady makes an interesting point. Kind of, He may well have gone on to say that. He may well have continued to say what we could and could have done better. Um, but... Uh, yeah, in, in the kind of in the journalistic world, which Brady knows much more about than what I do, uh, like he says, kind of journalists will latch onto certain things that they'll know, kind of get clicks or sell newspapers or whatever it is these days. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Ultimately, I kind of I want to hear um, why we were able to to get a result and, and kind of what we do about that looking forward. Really, Matt, I know you had uh, some interesting views on a few uh, WhatsApp messages with me. Let's hear it from your pal. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's fine being honest and I think it's fine being objective and you can, you know, for me, I, I, I'm quite happy if he admits that we were the second best, you know, second best, he, he got got things wrong, etc. I've got no problems with that, I think. But I think you kind of need a little bit of self-preservation when it comes to losing a local derby. If it, it's like he were a tourist, man. He were like, he was just happy to be there, it, you know, yeah, he's done a great job. Calvin. It will like you're a smack to that mate for me. I think if you're either manager of a championship team and you've just lost to your local rivals, you know, and we didn't lose 
closely. <laughs> you know, we, we, we were easily beaten. I think he's got to be a bit wiser in terms of self-preservation. I've got no problems with the truth. We, we were outplayed comprehensively. Yeah, I think the thing, one interesting thing, Matt, and we'll talk about the social media in a minute, and I think Brady's right. He would BBC Sport that reported that and probably Adam Pope asking it, etc., from a Leeds angle. But the town website, there was nothing, none of them quotes on there because I think they knew that if they'd have put on there, it would have enraged a lot of our fans. And we'll talk about other stuff in a minute, but the fact that they've come out anyway and that as well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, he's an, I'm all for being kind of nice, but I just felt Danny. Just think about what's happened here, mate. Just kind of say, yeah, we were outplayed or what have you. Just be. You know, someone a bit more experienced at a good level. You wouldn't have got Zidane or Mourinho or someone of that ilk saying these kind of things. I thought were very naive, and to me, it's just wound a kind of a lot of fans up. It makes to the defeat. It, it makes the defeat but, a bit worse, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, it's it's difficult though, isn't it? Because I think you know we we all forget as football fans. But Cosy, what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Getting interviewed like pretty much straight after the game. And here we are, you know, two days later and we're still kind of frustrated and being emotive about it. So I'm not trying to stick up for him because I do agree with what, what we've said. But I, I think it is worth bearing that in mind as well, you know, and you look, they're, they're professionals. Like, they'll they'll move on and they'll forget about it. But us for fans, we won't. But, you know, to them, it's kind of like, well, that game's done and dusted. Let's, let's focus on Wigan. So, the one thing I thought when leaving Nellam Road on, so I've, I've, I've had a little bit of a beef with our kind of Twitter feed and social media. So, the one thing I thought in the back of my mind, I thought at least we're not going to get a hashtag Monday Motivation on Monday. So I could not believe this morning when I put on my phone and we had a picture of Alex Toffolo and nine games left and we go again and all that rubbish. Hashtag Monday motivation. I don't want to see that. We've just lost. <laughs> we've, well, we've not, honestly, if we've lost 3-2, what have you, we've, we've done well and we've had a real good go, I get it, but we've just lost. And it, and it brings us onto a wider debate on, on social media and Twitter. And it's something we've spoke about quite a bit on kind of air, Matt, and, and things like that as well. So it's really weird how these accounts... So I suppose first thing to discuss, they put a tweet out on Friday, and I thought, this could bite us on the ass, knowing how Leeds admin are on their last time at Ellen Road. Lo and behold, they did miss the chance. Naive again, half past five, this time at Ellen Road. Bit of banter, 
no problem at all. But I just felt like for recent weeks that we're just getting, it's, I'm all for positivity. There's no one more positive than me, although you wouldn't think it on this podcast. But it's just like <laughs> every other, I think we just go too far when we win. And I think maybe this is some of the problem, Matt, with the, where the club is at the moment. We've, we're so happy that we're winning a few games against some real, we haven't beaten anyone decent really, if we're being honest. We haven't, had a, we haven't met a decent side yet. But, but, but we're, we're seeing endless gifts and videos and stuff for days on end. And, but the big question is, guys, and I'll bring you all in in a sec, but you look around the Twitter, I've, I've obviously watched a lot of fans, but Barcelona's Twitter feed has gone the most bizarre way in the last three months. It's like they must have had some new happen, but it's almost like they're just total fanboys. It's incredible. It's like, it's like a 30-year-old boy's in charge of it, isn't it? Yes, it is. But, but then I posted a one today where I saw a beautiful one with wolves where, you know, old man, uh, 100 years old, birthday, you know, Nuno, the cake, you know, he went out. That were really good, but where do you stand with all that? Because I just, I just think, ah, it just smacks of, we're rapid to win a game, we get too carried away. No wonder there's no balance. No wonder we're inconsistent. Because to me, our team's, our social media is like that. I don't know if I understand social media. <laughs> so this is what I'm thinking. It's, I, um, yeah, I, it all feels like ev- not. This isn't just Huddersfield for me. This is like everyone. I thought Huddersfield was 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 okay, just a bit vanilla. You know, it wasn't too controversial. It wasn't too bad. It was just you know when Dave was doing Dave Throffel Sykes was doing. I just thought it was all right. It was it's fine. You know, it's factual, interesting. Um, but I, I don't go in for all these Monday motivation, and then every time we win, there's a picture of. And someone and it just says team across it. I'm, I'm not really into that, but I don't. But that's that's just me. Other people might be into it, you know. And if two people are into it and I'm not, fair enough. Um, I I just sc- keep scrolling past. Um, it it feels like Twitter. This is a general thing, really. That it feels like uh, everything's gone a bit football Twitter. If you know what I mean. And I I hate football Twitter. It's just full of planks, and it just feels like it's catering to that market. And if that's what Twitter's going to be, then. I might be using a different platform in the future, to be honest. And I, and I think that's part of the conversation. Sorry, mate, but just to put in context, where I'm kind of got an issue with it, 257 likes at the last look and like 35 retweets. So we just, I'm in 40s, I don't know your old side, what you say, what have you, Matt? Are we, is it just for an audience that that's above us? That maybe? I don't know, it's well, weird, man. <laughs> If you believe the rumours, that's why we signed Sobi in the first place, wasn't it? To uh, <laughs> to increase our social mm-hmm. media uh, presence and visibility. I think I think from my point of view, I'm not sure us four blokes in this podcast now are necessarily the target audience for the social media posts. I no, think it's arguably aimed at a younger audience and, and younger people um, and such like. That in itself um, is is fine on one hand, but on the other hand, if us four kind of who I guess I would consider to be quite loyal, kind of quite um, diehard Huddersfield Town fans who show a lot of interest in the club. If we're not the target audience, then what does the Twitter, what purpose does the Twitter account serve for us? Um, and, and to your point, because it doesn't necessarily demonstrate that it's getting a lot of lot of attention, a lot of love, a lot of likes, etc. So um, it, it's difficult. The, probably the content we're wanting or, or the content, like you mentioned on the Wolves one, I kind of mentioned the the thing they did with Fraser Campbell earlier on the season where they took him back to um, kind of parts of his hometown. Yeah, that, that's that. the stuff that appeals to me. That's the stuff that's interesting. That's probably the stuff that they can't knock out in five minutes either and takes quite a lot of planning, preparation and, and kind of input and ultimately cost as well. So there's probably a balance to be struck, but I'm not one for all these cliche phrases and such. It just, 
just grates a little bit in truth. Sorry, mate. I'm really before I bring you in, mate. Obviously, the town foundation, we see so many good videos. We have similar videos, so no problems with that. But, Brady, isn't there a danger for me? And I know a few guys who's, I know, yeah, God, the Twitter's driving them not to go to games, but I just sometimes feel, and I, I find it hard to argue against that. This kind of attitude, you know, where we, we get so kind of, I mean, like, I don't know what, we're all in Janino's, Bakuna's world. What? What is it? Janino's Bakuna's world, and we're all living in it. I just felt, man, you've done nothing in the game, man. You've scored a good goal. All right. Everyone I says bet, that. Or am I just thinking different, Brady? Because I just think, we well, would yeah. you want to be right? Leeds, where it seems to be whatever you've done, we'll do bigger. The smart ass kind of replies that nail people. I mean, the whole thing I thought was shocking last week with the Katia racism thing, whether you thought or not, you know the opinion of it, for them to use that as a vehicle to try and get some likes and that was what I thought were absolutely disgusting. So I'd never want to go as low as that just to kind of be... I just think when I look at the German Bundesliga kind of accounts, they just know how to nail it, the social media. They know how to be clever, but without being too arrogant and or getting too carried away with stuff. I mean, I, since I went to the Schalke game, I've kind of followed their accounts. And the, the, the stuff they turn out is so much more engaging and better. And they don't... I mean... For example, they lost 5-0 uh, home the other week to Red Bull Leipzig and they were kind of mocking their own defeat and, and doing weird things and stuff. But it, I just thought I can I kind of get it. They went off the radar for a day and then came back with apologise and stuff. Where those, I just, I don't get it. Where We get too carried away and then we get, you know, we get owned like with naive stuff like on Friday, which I thought we fully deserved to be honest with you on that as well. Where do you stand with it, mate? Or am I just, why should I be bothered with just a Twitter feed there's bigger things in life? What do you think, mate? Yeah, I think, again, it, it is just Twitter. Um, sorry, Carsey, but like, Matt makes a good point, you know, about this football Twitter and it's all banter, lads, 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 all that kind of stuff. You know, I think w- one football admin that's really good at it is Roma, you know, and they were kind of like the first people to do it. They do loads of good stuff. So like they did their, um, you know, the stuff you were talking about that you liked, like, when they signed players this summer, they'd have a missing child's information next to it and some kids got found because of it. That's amazing. But they also do the kind of like jokey bantery stuff. I don't think Huddersfield is the worst by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not aimed at us. Do you know what I mean? It's it's for those kind of like football funny or football trolls or whatever, you know, it's it's that content. It's content you know, I'm in I'm in my kind of like mid twenties, but it's for people younger than me and it's for the, the fans like you know, I was looking. I watched the high. I wanted to see the highlights of the game, so I watched it on our YouTube account. You know, and I just see the comments, and it's like, you know, people with like Bielsa God, you know, as their like, you know, Bielsa is their Twitter picture, and they're going, ha ha ha, shocking. You know, and it's for those kind of people who are like, oh, look at this banter. It's great banter. A lot of football banter is terrible. Like, and it's for those kind of people, like, you know. And it depends what mood you're in, you know, like if, if we, you know, after Charlton and Bristol, a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, go for it. But when you lose to Leeds, you know, we play crap. It, it doesn't sit well, um, but it's not aimed for us. It's, it's, it's marketing. You know, I, I've, I've worked in social media before and it's, I don't know what it's like at the club, but you've got to get as much content out as you can. And, you know, like you want to keep the feed going. And so I, I do kind of sympathize with them a bit. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I remember Arsenal. They, I think they drew with Chelsea in the, earlier in the season or something. And you know, they did twenty tweets about it. 
So I don't think we're as bad as that. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't think it's just town. I think it's everyone. It can be a bit frustrating. Well, Matt, I mean, again, maybe I'm, again, reading too much into stuff, mate, but there's a, at the moment, all the still town, I've come down from the Premier League and, and I think this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of hurting, really, because I always felt, we felt on the wagon that we could throw a punch, we could, you know, aim high, even though deep down we probably thought, you know, traditionally we've been bottom half of the championship, but I, I and I just, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into things, but it just seems the culture kind of feeds off stuff. It's almost like we're, we're kind of happy to be here and things. And, and yeah, staying up would be a fantastic achievement still, despite, you know, people thinking, well, I'm going to meet in the Premier League for two years. If we stop up this year, it will be a fantastic achievement. But all the stuff to me is coming out and just seems to smack of, you know, just accepting mediocrity. And I know that Phil Hodgkinson doesn't feed that, but I just, or am I just kind of linking the, some of the tweets too much it's, it's winding a lot of people up and I, it does when when you get mad when we win with some of the stuff that's churned out I mean <laughs> probably best to unfollow it but I, I, you're missing out then on ticket information and stuff I just it, it's really got my goat this uh, and, I, and it just kind no, of spilled over today with the Monday motivation mate and you, you want to guess would you hey <laughs> no. um, though think bigger think bigger as a club, uh, think bigger than what we're doing, mate. I think sixteen, seventeen. I think generating positivity helped a lot. I think the whole Wagner Revolution thing was was brilliant. Uh, that really worked. Uh, everybody jumped on board with it, and I think it it kind of helped build a bit of a tidal wave, which everything came together and took us and took us up. But I don't think you can force these things, and I think sometimes we maybe try and force it a bit too much. I understand why they have to put content out, and you have to stay relevant. You have to continuously try and target markets etc and it must be so difficult to keep bringing fresh things out every five minutes and i wouldn't imagine i don't know who works in in that department to be honest but and you know i would imagine roma man city i'd imagine they probably put someone on wages us four combined you know to put on, on things like this and clubs like us can't really do that so i think are we being a bit harsh maybe uh, is it difficult to strike the right balance in social media? 100% yes. Uh, do I like Town's approach at the minute? Not really, but I just, if I don't, if I see something I don't like, I just scroll past it. That's, that's all. And, and, you know, if you like something, press the like button and hopefully they'll, you know, that'll, that'll help them strike the right, like I just said, strike the right balance in that. If you, if you like something, you retweet it, then the club obviously think they've done something right. And if, if it's rubbish, just ignore it. And hopefully, it'll I think the problem up. is. I think the problem is, say that you know, if it's your, if you're the social media manager or you know, working that team, you probably just don't like slightly that. I mean, I don't know what your objectives are, but you know, that's a good day. And two hundred and fifty-seven likes, but and I get it, obviously it caters for kind of different things. But I just, I don't know. I just like the culture at the moment. It's, it's yeah, we we stop up, but I always feel that you know we've had a test of family. We should be thinking. We're not just getting carried away with you know with wins against poor sides. We seem to be that happy just because we're winning off game now and again. It just goes off the scale and just no. We're still seeing stuff like four days, five days on it. People celebrating and stuff. And no man, it's no. Yeah, it comes back back to kind of some of the stuff we've talked around now. But sometimes you can maybe maybe there's a there's an, um a desire to put anything out there rather than nothing. And actually, sometimes in life, don't put anything out there. Kind of, that's fine. 
kind of um, people still kind of continue to follow certain accounts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and give it two days, three days grace. Um, but perhaps as a desire, kind of maybe for the reasons you mentioned around KPIs and that sort of thing, to to continuously churn out content when actually whatever you put out there is not going to get a good response. Um, I, I kind of I can't think of anything that the, the, the account could necessarily put out which should have got a great response after the result of the weekend. So um, sometimes less is more. I wish I didn't care as much, but it's uh, about what I still tell, but it's, it is, it's just part of your life, isn't it? And that as well. And yeah, there's other stuff, but it's just, yeah, when you don't use the self-justice and stuff at times, it, it does hurt. But anyway, Brady, we'll move it on. And uh, I was at Peeved on Saturday. I didn't even see any other scores, so I kind of muttered someone when we were out drinking in Leeds after hours, the other results gone. And I think everyone uh, dropped points again, didn't they? Uh, how are you seeing it at the bottom now? Oh God! It's just like you think you're all right. It's just I love the championship. It's just it's just a crazy league, isn't it? Um, and it's been you know the last nine games that we've got. It's going to be it's going to be ups and downs. But uh, I suppose that is kind of exciting. I think the thing is, you know, I suppose we're kind of looking ahead. But Hull and Charlton are playing each other this weekend, and that's massive. You know, Hull is sinking like a stone. Um, Charlton haven't been doing that well either. So. It's going to be interesting. I mean, like you say, it's it's a good job the other teams didn't kind of pick up. But, you know, if we're realistic, we weren't expecting to get much out of Leeds. And we've got plenty of games, I think, coming up that we can, we can get a positive result from. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, I still think we'll be okay. But uh, I don't think we like to make it difficult, don't we? That's the hardest way. It's never <laughs> as easy as you think. <laughs> I was thinking past the Sheffield Wednesday or oh, I cannot believe Sheffield Wednesday what is going on Matt where are these deductions we need them now man well Birmingham have got away with it haven't they so that's one down that's one down oh. so there we go you know, when will we get a result of oh, sorry a, a verdict from the other ones Matt do you know it's usually March last year it was March so I presume it'll be sometime soon uh, I think there's a lot of stuff to unravel with Derby and Sheffield Wednesday but uh, uh, God knows, but hopefully we don't have to rely on things like that. Because if we have to rely on people getting deductions, it's not been uh, it's not been a good finish to the season, has it? It's going to go right to the wire. It's going to go right to the wire, isn't it? I mean, you look at the table now. There are what Saturday and Cal- so many yeah, uh, um, so much ups and downs and, and twists and turns to be had now between now and the end of the season. It's going to be um, very interesting, that's for sure. What can you say? I mean, I watched that Nottingham Forest Millwall game on Friday. He's, I just can't work it all out. Nottingham Forest, they leads and they've fallen off a cliff like pretty much two other teams we've mentioned. But, so you look at our fixtures, you think Forest away, which is only next week, isn't it? I think that game was it the week. No, it's next week, isn't it, when we go there. But back in the day, you'd think, no chance on that. But now, if we, unless as long as we go there to have a go, you know, unlike some of those last couple of away games and stuff. But it's hard to kind of really work it out, to be honest with you. You still think fifty points, Brady, or or maybe a few more? Yeah, I, th- I think fifty points will be fine. To be honest, I think I'm just kind of having a quick look at the table now. Um, you know, we're on forty two in eighteen. Stoker above us with forty two, and then there's a bit of a cushion with Birmingham. They're on forty seven, sixteenth. But yeah, like I say, I I can't really see. Um, I think Barnsley have played well and put in some good performances, but I can't see them staying up. I think their defence is too bad. I think Luton have kind of, they're going to simmer out. 
And then really, I, I do think it's kind of between Hull and Joel. And I think, you know, if you look at our fixtures, we've got Luton at home. Um, you know, obviously we play Wigan on Saturday. But we've got, it, it's tricky because, you know, it's kind of week by week. But like you say about Forest, it depends what kind of form they're in. You know, we've got Reading away. Depends if they're safe. You know, I think we could, the advantage we might have is we're playing a couple of sides where it's not going to matter as much to them and they might be safe and nothing to play for. So I think we'll be okay. I, I, th- I don't want to put too much pressure on the game on Saturday because although I do think we have a good chance, you know, Wigan are in great form. I think they're third in the form table over the last 10 games. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think we could we could get something out of Birmingham away. We could get something out of Reading away. Wednesday, they're terrible, you know, at the moment. So I, th- I think we could get something there. Um yeah, I think we'll get fifty points. I can't say what games are going to win. I think Luton at home, you'd you'd expect us to win, but uh, there's going to be twists and turns. But you know, that's the championship. Like I was saying to someone the other day, there's twenty four points between Leeds in first and Birmingham sixteenth. But if you look in the Premier League, that's the distance between Liverpool and Man City. So it's just such a tight league. It's crazy. I think Bar- I mean Barnsley. I think you could say goodbye now. Last three fixtures: Leeds away, Forest at home, Brentford away, and then the three before them are incredible. Really, Stoke away, Luton away, and Wigan at home. I mean, but well, they've got to be winning. What are they on? Thirty-four points, sixteen, four, five. Yes, yeah, I think you could probably say goodbye for that. Which brings us on to our game against Wigan. I, th- I think you're right there, Brady. I've been here in crunch and must not lose, and this, that, and the other for Saturday, but. I want to win, but the, a draw wouldn't be the end of the, of the world against a form team. But it's, uh, I just think again, it's such an up and down kind of Huddersfield Town life at the moment, where you know two wins and a bad defeat on Saturday. And Matt, where what we're we going to do on Saturday? Man? Because it's just, it's just up and down for us, isn't it? Uh, draw one all, I think. I think. I, I think, think it'll be a draw. Yeah, they're they're on form. I think they'll come at us, have a go. And I think we'll respond, but I think it'll be one all. I think, yeah, it, it could go anyway. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be a point, and I think it'll be one of those maybe where it gets to ten minutes left and it's one all, and both teams kind of psychologically go, do you know what? That's not so bad. And I think it might just peter out a little bit. But uh, who knows? Hopefully we win. But I just think that might happen this week. Sorry, I we're happy there were no changes uh, from the uh, victory against Charlton. And look what that got me. But what would you do? What would you do on Saturday, mate, to get more than what me and Matt are thinking? It's going to be a draw. What What would you do to get that win? Uh, I think we spoke about it briefly earlier. Um, Munier needs to start for me. Fraser Campbell for all his work ethic, um, uh, endeavour certainly off the ball. Um, we're not necessarily seeing much end product there at the moment in truth and, and ultimately to win again football we need to score some goals and for me Mounier kind of presents probably the biggest threat we've got this moment in time so he'd certainly start beyond that I'm not sure I'd make any changes in truth obviously against Leeds we've spoken about that we work on to that again but the two games prior to that we, we've showed lots of promise particularly at home Willock Emil Smith-Rowe Carl and Grant and I think probably for me they deserve another another shot at it um, obviously, got some options off the bench in, in Pritchard, particularly. Um, but but yeah, for me, a very similar team, but with Mounier up top, and, and hopefully that'll get us a three points. But we can very much inform, uh, not lost in the last six, um, three wins, three draws, um, and kind of two wins in the three games before that as well. So 
will be a difficult game. Um, I think we'll nick it 2-1. Nice try. Really, I'll see you in an empty chair there. You don't need a full Parkinson in impression, are you? Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm here, guys. Don't worry. I think, I think we've got a... Obviously, we've got a, I keep forgetting the Forest games before we'll record the next podcast. So, it's funny how you think stuff now, don't you? But you say we do get a point against Wigan and Forest. Well, you never know. They're playing absolutely shocking at the moment. But, say, they're in the form and the you know the tables, they've not beat. There's only one point from two. It's not panic button stuff. But what are you seeing at the next two games, mate? Or what... Do we have to win on Saturday with Forest coming up? Um, yeah, obviously it'd be great to win. Um, I think it would be frustrating if we don't win, but I, I can't call Forest to be honest. I think we're Wigan. I think I kind of used the classic before, but I think whoever scores first, that's going to decide the game for me. I think if we score first, I'm quite confident we'll win because it will force Wigan out. But if they score first, I think it's going to be really frustrating. And then that's when I can see it kind of being more a draw. Um, yeah, Forrest. I, I mean, I don't think Dear Carby can play against us, can he? Which is a which is a shame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just um, I don't know. I just don't know what to expect from him because you know Joe Lolly's put in some great performances this season, but then he then he hasn't. So and in terms of like Lewis Graben, he's not scored in I think eight games now. So we've beaten once already this season. I think we could we could get something out of that. I'd be happy with a point at Forest. You know, for me, if we can if we can win against Wigan and get a point against Forest, we'll kind of forget all about the Leeds game, really. Um, but um, it's tough to call. Matt, let's go down the old boys through Pilkett and Roberts Saturday. We've got well, Ethelis fallen off a cliff. I don't know where he uh, where he is. He wasn't even involved in the squad. Is he injured again? Uh, Lolly next week. Uh, yeah, good times for some of those guys uh, over the years. Yeah, Gary Roberts, one of my very favourites. Um, I think, I remember we saying Gary Roberts, it was 2008, ages ago. First guy that I've seen at Huddersfield in, in about 20 years that could take a corner. Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it'd be good to, uh, you know, it's nice to see them when they, when they come by, Pilkington and Roberts, uh, a few others. But, uh, yeah, let's hope they, uh, they have a bit of misery at the, the end of it, but. You know, no time for uh, no time for sentiment when you're in this position. I remember the uh, you know when Dean Isle, uh finished at the end of last season. They they had two uh, two classy. Yeah, I mean we talked about Twitter and maybe some of the negative stuff, but they wrote some real good tweets. I think at the end, but yeah, good to see them back. But we don't want them to get any points uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's it's funny how things can change. On Saturday, it's just totally different subject. But our uh, on Sunday we we had a bit of an indoor cricket tournament at Bolton Arena, which is opposite. Bolton Stadium. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Fourth division football they're going to be playing next year. Premier League for eight years. It just shows, doesn't it, that you know things can go so wrong and you know how it will be an amazing achievement. Well, for me, a big achievement to stay in the division if we can do it from where we were at. Because you know, once you drop out of that Premier League, yeah, things can change, Brady. Can't they quick? Oh yeah, definitely. Like you know, as I kind of said at the beginning of the pod. We- <laughs> We've lost seven games really this season because of Siva and just not winning. You know, I think that's just been a hard job. I think if we're honest, the Cowleys have done as best as we could have hoped. I, I, I've got to be honest. I, I don't think many other managers could have done the job that they've done because we were a sinking ship. Really, I genuinely thought we were going to do a Sunderland seven games in. We just looked so devoid of confidence. You know, like players like Schindler just looked like. You know, 
shocking, you know, but I think this is what I mean about being positive. Like, I think we can be quite pessimistic as a fan base sometimes. I suppose you could say the same for a lot of fan bases, but if we stay up this season and we have another transfer window like we did in January, you know, because it was a great window. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I'm quite confident. I'm not saying we're going to go up, but like, I think we could be a top 10 team next season, but it's just, it's just getting through this and it's, it's going to be hard, you know? Um, but I think everyone knows that. And I think it's just really, for me, it's really important on Saturday to, I'm sure we will, because we always give a good, you know, good support, but we need to back our team. We need to kind of cut out the groans and when stuff doesn't go right, because it's a, it's a really crucial time. You know, this is, this is the business end of the season and we, we need to get those points on the board. What about, what about you, Cosy? Do you think, uh, do you, I noticed you didn't answer about Wigan. How do you feel it's going to go? I th- I'd say with that, I think it's going to be a draw, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I haven't got a clue that I predict a game, but uh, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Ogg with a big miss on, on Saturday, uh, as much as, you know, kind of maybe his uh, peak of his powers has gone, but it is an interesting uh, game, really, because they'll come with no fear. And uh, But then, you know, we blew away child. I think this is different in it at home. It's trying to think the last team we've, of Cardiff within kind of, I think they were in about decent-ish form, but nothing major whether when they came to our stadium and give us a good tonking. But yeah, I think, yeah, to cut to the chase, mate, I, I think it'll be a draw, but will it be good enough? A lot will depend on I think we could go to Nottingham and win. They're playing so poor, but I refuse to believe they'll play as bad as that they did in the first half on Friday night uh, when we play next Wednesday. I love going to City Ground as well and, uh, yeah, I will be there for that one, but it'll be, it's going to be an interesting few days and it's fast coming up to Easter. The games are, you know, all of a sudden will be three or four games to go. So let's just hope we can continue. Maybe I've been a bit of a, you know, emotional overreaction for today, but you've got to call it as you see it. And that's why we do this podcast because, you know, I get criticised for being too positive and backing, you know, the club sometimes and the players, but I, I was really wounded on on Saturday, as you might tell. But yeah, let's hope we can get back on the horse uh, this week against a uh, you know slightly uh, inferior opposition. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for your contributions, and uh, we'll do it all again the back end of next week after the next two games and open the town. There's a team. That is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while Upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every goal Shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield 
a town player who bring the car back to Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.